Hello and welcome to the MetaPod, the Pokemon TCG podcast that revolves around the evolving meta. It's the final pod, Sean. Well, of of, of 2021. <laughs> I was about to say, like, wait, 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 Jake, is there something you're not telling me? <laughs> oh, this is it. I'm actually leaving right now. I'm going <laughs> to do a backpacking adventure through Antarctica and, well, no computers. So, wow, back, you want to keep going. Backpacking through Antarctica. That, you know, that's, uh, it, you know, I, I've never heard of anybody backpacking through Antarctica. Usually people have some sort of motorized gear. I'm taking a, I'm taking a dog sled. Mush! Oh, okay. Okay. I get that. <laughs> a, peng- a penguin sled, maybe. A penguin sled, there we yes. Go. Sean and I have our cups of coffee ready on this hot, warm... Well, actually, I mean, it's pretty warm over here, Sean. How's the weather over in New York? Uh, it's cold, but, like, it's expected, you know? It's, like, I don't know, probably the 40s. So it's nothing crazy. Just New York cold. It's, like, 12 degrees Celsius over here, which is, like, pretty warm. It's way oh. warmer than 40. Uh, 12 degrees celsius wow look at you jake so european i've been using celsius for like six years because when i got to college 75 percent of my teammates on the swim team were not from america so they'd always like ask me like what's the weather like today how's the weather (laughs) and if i try to tell them fahrenheit like they're not gonna know and so i run on i run on military time and celsius but i still have like feet inches yeah (laughs) miles it's hard to switch over it's like it's like one one and one half meter yeah that's how large it is it's like i don't it would i i could probably switch over if like all the street signs and like the interstate signs didn't have miles i think that's the one thing that's holding me back on that yeah it's meters i don't know like i'm sure if you if you grow up with either one it probably makes a lot of sense you know this the stuff that's wild and i'm i'm i'm, I'm saying this for uh for shay and neil pie and all those brits out there what the heck is a stone stone so, yeah some people are like it's a it's a unit of weight it's a measurement of weight it's like oh somebody weighs 14 stone i don't know is Tell that just me- like is that just like a 45 pound like dumbbell or like brick i have no clue i mean i'm sure i could look it up but i don't want to i don't want to look it up i all i know is uh for all of our british uh our uk listeners that's a buck wild unit of measurement you can tell you can complain to us all day about our feet and our inches all that stuff but you know what gotta look inside you have stones so you know what Sean, I drew the stones. Speaking of stones, I drew the stones during locals the other week, hitting like final turn nine rapid strike cards in my Malamar and just absolutely walloped my opponent. It was Dang. it was incredible. Did but you win? Did you win your locals? I got third because I uh um what was I gonna say? I got third because I lost round one. I was playing oh, okay. uh Azul's like Bolton deck. Um, and that's just that's just tough because when one one prizer whiffs a turn or something, it's like all over. Yeah. And I went first, but I whiffed a turn and it was very sad kick. I missed an energy. Mm. Well, so I got third, but I, I got third. We'll, we'll talk about if you were unlucky or if uh, if you were just low skill later. <laughs> We've got a lot of answers to questions here on the podcast. We're talking about articles. We're talking about the meta and we're talking about some new cool boxes that are coming around. But I just want to first start off. Sean, did you get any Pokemon cards for Christmas? I did. I got one. Actually, I got two things. I got a uh, a single strike league battle deck like the Urshifu, oh, okay. which was nice because I don't think I actually have a play set of the single strike Urshifus, which I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, cool. Now I have a 2-2 line plus whatever I had, which must have been maybe one or two of the VMAXs. So I probably have a playset now, which best time to have a playset of the single strike ones is now. Yeah, exactly. And then I got one of the uh, Celebrations mini tins. And oh, nice. I had to post it because like, it comes with two Celebrations pack and a Chilling Rain. The Chilling Rain was Garbo, as per oh. usual. <laughs> but the Celebrations packs, two packs, and I got... I got this little chonker here, the uh, flying, yeah, the little flying boy, the flying Pikachu VMAX, and I also got out of two packs. I got two of the, um, you know, old school cards. Um, Retro. Yes, I got. Is it Mew EX? I believe it is. Yeah, I saw you got that Mew EX and Birthday Pikachu out of two packs, two hits, and I'm like, okay, th- this is 
awesome you mini and me tent. both with our birthday pikachus you can't really see it on youtube because light but yeah <laughs> i wrote my name on it how about you jake did you uh crack any packs I did not get a single Pokemon card pack for Christmas. I got a lot of books because I'm head okay. over heels into books. But with locals and stuff, I do get like prize packs. So I'll, I'll count that kind of as my Christmas packs. And uh, I've gotten like three battle styles and three chilling rain packs. Opened up a single striker Shifu V and a Galarian Slow King V from my six packs but i also bought myself a christmas present i bought three magic the gathering japanese alternate arts because mm. huge we love those cards they're absolutely beautiful uh you can see them on my twitter i also traded oh another christmas gift for myself pokemon <laughs> cards i traded for a full art marnie oh, finally nice. got marnie wait which version of the full art marnie the original i got the original Nice. The first one that came in Sword and Shield base set because Marnie is awful to find and I'll, I can't find it. So somebody was like, hey, you need this Marnie? I'll trade you this Marnie. And I was like, yes, please. But now I don't have anything to trade for anymore. Well, I mean, those that Marnie there, um, I mean, all the Marnies are going to have some of the, uh, you know, anime girl tax. Yeah, but. The original, tax. I think the original Marnie is probably going to be worth it going up a decent amount if it hasn't already, just because Sword and Shield base, base set, have they gone out of print for base set? Sword and Shield, I've heard. Wouldn't surprise um, me. I haven't seen it in like any of the new boxes. So like the Dragonite and the, mm. uh, the Dragonite and the Hoopa boxes, I don't believe have Sword and Shield base set. And I don't know. If the Gigantamax Pikachu Celebrations box has Sword Shield base set, I don't know. Uh, the tins so, yeah. might. It's one of those weird ones where, like, I don't know how much more they'll print of it because it's like, at this point, this is like, what's crazy? It's almost two years old now. Sword and Shield yeah. base, set, base set came out almost two years ago now. And um, and all of those it's cards. It's at that point where it's going to start jumping up soon. Yeah, and it's they're going to start, start creeping its way up. They're going to start rotating. This year, uh, a lot of those cards, not Professor's Research. So I hope you picked up your full arts uh, research. I, do have, I don't have my Oaks Research, actually. I don't have an Oaks Research. That was part of the trade for the Marnie. And I was like, you know what? Oaks Research, super cheap card. Like Marnie is 38 bucks. Like I can get this. I can get this uh, Oak card pretty easily if I want. I mean, I hope it stays down. But, you know, we saw a couple weeks ago the F regulation mark on professor's research. And like we said, it's, you know, if we said before, like, Hey, if they reprint this and it stays in standard, those prices are going to go back up. And, uh, I, I think, I think that has probably happened is my guess. It is currently $1 and 56 cents well, market price. <laughs> I mean, that, then I would urge all of the folks out there listening who think that IRL play will one day return, pick mm -hmm. them up now. Because research will I mean, be F regulation. Time. Yeah. This is the time to get your playset because they're super cheap. You can get a playset for literally like six bucks. And the Professor Oak ones are really nice. So, yeah. I mean, it's the best professor's research, full art at least. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Juniper is pretty good in terms of like a regular art, but that's not a full art, Sean. That's not a full art. But, uh, Jake, do you, want, uh, do you want me to do a couple of quick little reviews real quick? Yes. Before we start the five star review, though, we did get news within the last week that Spotify for all of our Spotify listeners. We know we have a big Spotify audience. You all now have the power to leave a rating on Spotify for the podcast. It's very, very easy. You just go to our main page on Spotify. Click the stars. It should say about four point eight at the time of this recording. You click on the star, it'll ask you how many stars you want to rate the Metapod. You click five, four, three, two, one, whichever one you think we deserve. Hit submit and boom, you're done. It literally takes like 15 seconds. It's very, very easy, very, very quick. We have gotten 20 reviews as of right now, or I'm sorry, 20 ratings. I got to be careful with my wording because you can't <laughs> leave reviews on Spotify yet, but you can leave ratings. So we've got 20 ratings right now, 4.8 stars out of five. Fantastic, fantastic. And uh, we appreciate all the support. And if you're on Spotify, 
you want to leave some support go rate go leave a comment on a youtube video or something helps us out a lot yes indeed um and this week we're going to be doing because we are i will say we are running low on the reviews on apple but like jake said like we're going to read a couple of comments from our youtube video uh from our last youtube episode uh so yeah youtube or apple or just dm us on twitter uh if you want us to read something out uh if it's if it's uh, readable, I should say. We're not going to just read anything. Yeah, make sure that it's appropriate. But whether that's comments, maybe some topics to talk about for like three minutes here on the pod. You know, what's my favorite color? Buddy the Elf, mm-hmm. what's your favorite color? Uh, I watched that movie over the weekend. Uh, so two quick little uh, res- replies here to the YouTube video. Nam Kim. Uh we were talking about the Start Deck 100 last week, and um, he just shouted out. He's like, good point about the God Deck definitely wasn't supposed to be collectible. And yeah, I think he agreed with you, especially, Jake, on that, which was um, definitely frustrating that there was a God Deck among them. Like, there doesn't need to be... <laughs> I can understand, like, a couple secret rares or something, but, like, there doesn't need to be a God Deck. Yeah. Like, jeez, but... You know what? That won't make you the money if you don't put the God deck in, Sean. You gotta, you gotta get the moolah. <laughs> uh, and then the second one here was from Ryan Carlton, who said, uh, "You could say your channel is growing at a rapid strike rate." Skeletor, Skeletor runs, back. runs back to Spotify. That one, I saw that one this morning, Sean. And Ryan, I just want to say that I don't know. You highlighted my day right there. I just <laughs> cracked a so. Way too long, I will say. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. But thank you so much for leaving nice comments on the YouTube video. Let us know even more comments, some more things you, whether you agree with us, disagree, some points to bring up uh, reviews of the podcast, et cetera, et cetera. And we'll read them off week by week. We're literally two subscribers away, or I should say I'm two subscribers away from 700 on the YouTube video or on the YouTube channel, uh, because it's just me that runs the YouTube channel. Sean is in it every single week. He's he's basically like 10% of it. That's, yeah. I would say more like 30. I would say more like 30 at this point. But anyways, <laughs> you should check out the, uh, what's it called? The Max TCG Awards. Yes. That are going to be going on the last couple of days. So for those of you that don't know, we've got friends over at... Um, Steven Maxlow's Max Flow T-Cast podcast, another Pokemon TCG podcast that we're buddies with. They've been over with us. We've been over with them. And they're doing a fun little 2021 award show for their podcast, mm-hmm. you know, just talking about different uh, things. Again, this is all like just their fun. It's not anything like super serious or anything, but you can vote for your uh, content creators. You can vote for player of the year, best tournament series podcast as well. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, Metapod TCG is in the best podcast category. Woo. So we would very much appreciate it. If you voted for us and uh, hope that in the next couple of weeks, we can hear our name be awarded for number one Pokemon TCG podcast. But again, this is all fun. It's all games. Thank us in there considering us very much appreciative. All right. Um, Jake, do you want to do the quick little ad read? And then we will get into the, the meat and potatoes of this here uh, podcast. All right. So, ladies, gentlemen, non-binary folks, everybody, this week's episode of the Metapod Podcast is brought to you by our favorite producers of grooming tools, Manscaped. The global leaders in below-the-waist grooming are joining you to leave 2021 behind and enter 2022 with a clear mind, clear body, and a clean deck as well. (laughs) And special offer alert, use the code Metapod for 20% off free shipping at manscaped.com. Four million people have already trusted Manscaped. So, Sean, it's time to join them. And we've got 2022 on the way. And last thing that you want to be is a person with overgrown hair. 2021 sucked. But, Sean, what was your favorite moment of 2021? Whether that was Pokemon cards or just life in general. Oh, my. Um, That's a 
broad state. Uh, I mean, probably quitting my job and taking the break, taking the year off thus far, which is ongoing. Let's go. So that's that's probably that was pretty good. Um, yeah, that's that's probably. I mean, I did get top sixteen at a huge Digimon event early in the year, so that was also pretty poggers. But nice. Absolutely love that, Sean. I think mine would be getting through this spring. So you, you all may remember here, MedPod podcast listeners, but the spring for sports was really whack because we had fall sports participating in spring sports. And so not only did I have regular spring sports, I also had fall sports to worry about. And we were down a person for a while and Ooh, this is the toughest thing that I've ever had to do, I feel like. Yeah, Jake was crazy. You were crazy busy during the spring. So I was super busy, and now I'm unemployed and just doing the <laughs> Metapod podcast. So it's crazy how things turn. <laughs> but if you want to go over to Manscaped, you can get the product of the... Um, oh, my gosh, I just blanked on the name. What's the box that we got, Sean? Do you remember what that's called? Uh, the Lawnmower? 4.0 it's got the lawnmower in it oh man oh. manscaped is gonna be mad at well, there's me. the weed I'm whacker just... as well all right what is this <laughs> oh you it's mean like an excellent product the poor performance package 4.0 i knew it go. started with a p and it's like a it's p p p p p p p it's pretty <laughs> crazy but there's a lot of great stuff in there alongside the boxers as well, Sean, you know, I mean, I said this day one, the hygiene bundle coming with the Manscaped anti-chafing boxers keeps you feeling fresh all day. And let me tell you, it's fantastic. I wear the boxers every single week. I mean, I wash it. <laughs> I thought, I was about to say, I I thought you were about to say every single day. And I'm like, Jake, Jake, they didn't send us that many pairs. <laughs> no, 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 no. We just got one pair just like you would if you were to buy this box. But you can use code Metapod right now and also Looking at the site right now, the performance package, instead of $217, is actually $120. So if you got some extra holiday cash from your family members, your significant other, etc., and you're like, man, I want to have some, some hygiene you know, upgrades, this is an excellent time to do that. And use code Metapod for 20% off for free shipping at manscaped.com. That's 20% off free shipping and manscaped.com use code Metapod. Happy birth or I'm not happy birthday. Well, it's my <laughs> brother's birthday today. Happy oh. birthday to him, but happy new year from the Metapod podcast and manscaped as well. But Sean, that's enough of the business. We have to talk about some amazing, extraordinary, beautiful stuff. You know that I'm into the art. You know that I love talking about the different cool things that come out that I'll probably never get from the Pokemon company. So let's talk about what has been given out to the wonderful artists of the Pokemon company. Yeah. There, so obviously it's the 25th anniversary. Um, so internally at the company, uh, they decided to create this you know, deck, uh, essentially, that has all this corporate history on it with custom art cards just for the illustrators at the Pokemon Company. Um, I'm going to I'm going to hover just on this Chansey here. I believe that is and that is just like, oh, it's such a cool card. It's such a cool looking card. Um, I think the idea is absolutely beautiful, in my opinion. Um, there's also some changes to like this Chansey card as well. So like, for example, this base at Chansey, that second attack is supposed to only do 50 damage. But oh. um, but now it does 80. Now it does 80 damage. Uh, as you can tell, no regulation marks on these cards. So these are not standard legal. <laughs> if you, if well, this is such wondering. an exclusive thing. It's like the, uh, it's like the Post Malone, Katy Perry uh, cards, mm. Jay Balvin cards where... You know, it's just a very, very select amount of people are getting these products. But I will say, just because these are a very short supply and very small amount of cards or amount of product being released, that doesn't mean that you can't find it on the Internet because the 20th anniversary deck box sold for over $11,000 last year. So... You may be able to find one of these on the market if you're a big collector, but Bruh. Sean's going through the photos right now if you're seeing this on YouTube. And there are some 
beautiful cards in there. And they also got the full art Marnie. They do. Yeah, the full art Marnie from um, the, the, milk yeah, the milk cartons in, in America. Obviously, this is Japanese because these are for the Japanese. So, yeah, one other note here. This was given out to the illustrators. Obviously, the illustrators are all Japanese from Creatures, not uh, TPCI. So every mm -hmm. card in here will be Japanese. Uh, but, it's yeah. Absolutely cool. There's also a uh, there's also a video that Pokey Guardian posted. Mm -hmm. um, I think it was submitted to them. If you want to see like the actual box opening and you know what's all inside and things like that. So again, thank you PokeGuardian.com for this article and talking about this product because this is really really cool, Sean. I love seeing this stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's like for the super high end collectors, there's just another product out there that like. You know, only a few of them will probably ever come up for auction, you know, and but, you know, if you are uh, the TCA gamings of the world, right, or uh, the SM Pratt's of the world, then, yeah, this might be right up your alley. If if, if y'all if what if either of y'all are listening, shout out. But um, yeah, that that's definitely the market of people who are going to be interested in actually purchasing this product. But cool to see. You know what some other people will be interested in, Sean, that you have much, much more availability on getting? What is that, Jake? You absolutely read my mind. There are some new cards from Starbirth that were revealed. Starbirth is a new set that is coming to Japan on January 14th, so here in like uh, two weeks, mm -hmm. um, two and a half weeks or so. It's part of Starbirth, and then we will get them in Brilliant Star on February 25th there were three cards that were revealed we're going to just talk about two of them the first one i want to talk about is the tornadus because i mm -hmm. think that's the least viable of the two or least interesting of the two but i think it's still interesting to talk about so tornadus basic 120 hp colorless pokemon has this ability sean called mm -hmm. chance cyclone when you play this Pokemon from your hand onto your bench, you may have your opponent switch their active Pokemon with one of their bench Pokemon. Now, just a warning, this is not like a boss's orders where you choose. This is a escape rope type thing where they choose. But I think it's still good because sometimes you just want to move that Pokemon out of the active, whether that's a control deck that you're playing, you know, may try out this card. It could be like something like a Zeraora deck where you hit more damage onto the bench. And so you want to force the active Pokemon to go to the bench in order to like reach a knockout or something like that. There's a couple different functions that you can utilize with this card. So very, very cool in my opinion. I like this. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> look, you know, a f it's basically a free gust. It's a gust that you can search out with um a quick ball which is not and it's a obviously it's an opponent's choice gust that's a you know very good point um that's more like an escape rope but even so like opponent's choice gusting is not you know be, basically being a free gust like this in some form or fashion is still pretty powerful um if you have the right build and the right strategy for it uh one one card that i think could be a really interesting combo with this is spikemouth stadium Mm hmm. Because um, Spike Myth, could you force your opponent to take damage by doing this? Is that how Spike Myth is worded? I'm pretty sure it's just any time yeah. a Pokemon switches. I could be wrong because I feel like there might be like some weird wording that doesn't allow that. But yeah, it just says whenever a player's active Pokemon moves to the bench during. Oh, it's only during their turn. Oh, during their turn. Okay, so never mind. This doesn't work with that. That's why I was like, I feel like there was some extra wording that made it not work. But mm -hmm. regardless, um, I, I don't know. I think this is. Um, it's still, yeah. In terms of getting around something, like if you're if you're thinking about if you're worried about wall decks, um, whether that is you know maybe an introduction in the future of you know, more wall stall or any of that. Like this is a great card to help you sort of navigate that. So I think it'll be a great toolbox card uh, and it doesn't have a once per turn. It is pick upable with scoop up net, all that good stuff. So, yeah, I think you play this card if you're playing scoop up net. I think that's kind of the best option per se, because you're probably never, ever going to attack with this. It's no. hundred damage for three colorless <laughs> energies. Not that great, although we're getting 
like twin we have twin energy the the, the, and the new, new twin energy double colorless yeah powerful energy i still don't think this card is that good in attacking so and plus like committing an energy to retreat it's not a free retreater so i really think you do scoop up net yeah. so then you can continuously do it so um, but I don't think it'll be as good as the next card, Sean, that I want to talk about. Junk Hunt is kind of back, kind of a little bit, but still pretty interesting. Floatzel, a 110 HP water Pokemon stage one evolving from Buizel, has the first attack for just a single water energy called Flotation. Put two item cards from your discard pile into your hand. And Sean, you may remember Junk Hunt, mm -hmm. a uh, Sableye card, I believe from like Next Destinies. Forgive me. It was a long it's time ago. Card. That this card. Yeah, it's an old card that came out that really dominated Expanded as well. But I believe it's banned now in yeah. Expanded. But anyways, regardless, Floatzel very very cool card it's interesting though as well sean because one a lot of control people excited about this card because well junk hunt was super good so maybe if you can chain float souls maybe that will work i mean we can already chain one prizes like malamar people were chaining excadrills you mm -hmm. know in previous formats so not only do you have this option but remember we have the zorark yep sean the zorark that changes from a uh, Zorark to any stage one from the discard pile. And I've been playing it in Malamar and I like Zorark a lot. I think it's really, really cool. So same concept. Why not add Floatzel into the mix for your control deck or something yeah. of the sort? I think maybe somebody pointed this out. Maybe Sander talked about it on Twitter. But um, yeah, this is a big, a big win for, I think, control players. I think the question still remains a little bit like it is a stage one. So it does require more setup than Orangaroo, right? Resource management, which was the prior to this, like the staple, like Sableye Junk Hunt also was a basic. Um, so that's a big difference. Like if you can stop your opponent, like say that your opponent doesn't for whatever reason have the basic on the bench, or if you can snipe, right? The basic and kill this on the same turn. That's huge. Um, and it, so it gives you a lot more opportunity to get around things. But once your opponent kind of gets you into the lock between the item cards and being able to, you know, I think this actually gives you um, somebody was saying an infinite loop where like between this and pal pads, I think it was especially mm -hmm. you could just recycle your supporters every single turn with pal pad to play your pal pad, recycle two supporters you know, on a future turn, get a pal pad back, recycle two supporters. And so now you have a combo that if you can lock your opponent out of playing for whatever reason, whether it's energy control, trapping something in the active, which is also another big you know strategy. Um, if you can do one of those things, then you will you can guarantee that your opponent will deck out before you because you actually have a proper infinite loop. I'm curious as well if they'll ever do something like Sheninja mm. in the near future or some sort of th I think Sheninja is probably the best option because I think if you just straight up put an item card that's like your opponent takes one less prize I think that's a little bit too good yeah. right now but I think Sheninja you know forcing your opponent to actually like evolve and be able to chain those especially because you can't necessarily get Sheninja from like flotation right this junk hunt style move you'd have to like force yourself to use ordinary rod and then draw into it things like that um i think it makes it a little bit better but i don't know i mean i feel like if should ninja was printed it would be like in almost every single deck unless it had something like unless it had a clause of like you can't attach this to rule box pokemon um i if i think if they reprint it that will be a clause because they seem to be doing that on most mm -hmm. on most things nowadays so if Shedinja ever does get reprinted or a form of Shedinja gets reprinted like that, I think it'll exclude Robux. Uh, because, I hope so. yeah, because like that would be broken. <laughs> because, I mean, I think just everybody would play it, I feel like. Well, especially you think about where, from if you look at the design future for creatures, they have V stars. So they are mm -hmm. planning to move from a three prize era back to a two prize, at least in the near term. 
So a card that lets your two prizer then become a one prizer, it would completely negate the need for a one prize deck. Because it's like, well, I have a one prize deck. It's called xv star <laughs> right? yeah but just think about if i could if i in my malamar deck i could have zero prize pokemon yeah that's i suppose yeah that's gross i but <laughs> that would be yeah that'd be a lot of fun it'd probably be a bad deck way too clunky <laughs> but it'd be fun well it's it's zero prize pokemon until somebody plays greedent yes and <laughs> then it's like worth two <laughs> prizes or something like that right. some stupid stuff because like i think the only way you could get away with it is if you put Shedinja on. I could see them reprinting a card like Shedinja, but mm-hmm. the um, the downside is this Pokemon's HP is reduced to thirty or something like that, right? Like you like you you will give up zero prizes, but we will reduce your HP on this Pokemon to a very small amount. I could see like either that or specifically saying if the active Pokemon this is attached to, like literally saying it has mm. to be in the active. So bench knife um, can get around. So it. then something like Tornadus, Rapid Flow, or whatever, you know, kind of stops that plan a little bit. But I, I mean, I still think it could be pretty interesting to have the uh, Shininja around. I agree. Um, I just want something degenerate that actually is fun. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll, it's it's weird. Like, I want to say like with maybe like Lily's Polka Doll that could feel pretty pretty degenerate, but you need this in the active to use it. Um, and like I don't know, it just doesn't feel like it's quite there. You know what people have been feeling though, Sean, in the standard format. What is that? They've been feeling the need to counter Mew VMAX and understandable point in my opinion. And there's been some that have come up and we're going to talk about a little bit about those counters today. So Sean, we're looking at the Atlas Turtwig Den series challenge 12 results in this event. There were 126 players. So a decent size, a pretty good size online event. I will say, which deck do you want to talk about first that counters Mew VMAX? Um, I think we talk about Duraludon because I think that's the more popular of the two sort of counter decks. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Jake, I think you might be more expert on how the heck this all works than I am. So please um, elaborate as to why this deck is a is played or, or, or touted as a counter so I think so Grant Manley was the first person to popularize this. I know Grant Manley didn't exactly build Duraludon first. He found it on Limitless and then copy pasted, but then won an event with it. And after he made his own changes, so he's the one that kind of popularized it. So shout out to him. But Duraludon VMAX, for those of you that don't know, is a Pokemon from Evolving Skies that we got very recently. Dragon type 330 HP single strike pokemon it has the ability called skyscraper prevent all damage done to this pokemon by attacks from your opponent's pokemon that have special energy attached so not only is this a counter to mu v max right not being able to use uh elisa sparkle eliza sparkle i don't know how to pronounce her name get off my back the fusion strike energy basically right yes it completely negates the fusion strike energy which is very very good at slowing down the game right they cannot accelerate mew is very good right now because of the turbo builds that it can do getting a bunch of energy and play really really fast with the sparkle and you know what? You can make this game slow and steady with Duraludon. It does have an attack that does cost a little bit with G-Max Pulverization. It's 220 damage, and it's not affected by any effects on your opponent's active Pokemon, but it does cost a fighting metal metal. So sometimes that can be a little bit difficult to power up. But again, this deck is meant for the game to be slow. So you're running a four of Adventurer's Discovery. This came out around the time with the V Unions, Mm -hmm. Sean, that were around. And so if you don't know what this is, Adventurer's Discovery is a supporter where you can search your deck for up to three Pokemon V, reveal them and put them in your hand. So you can grab 
Duraladon, Duraladon, Zacian, right? Zacian being in here to mm -hmm. draw cards with Intrepid Sword, a very, very good ability, especially if you're going a little bit slower and using something like Adventurer's Discovery or Avery or something like that, where you can't churn through your deck as much. And Avery as well being very, very good, especially in the Mew matchup, because Mew always fill in their bench because they have to Genesect eight times in a single turn. This allows you to get some of those Pokemon off the field, you know, whether that's the Meloetta's, uh, the Genesects, or even maybe a little Mew. If you're not attacking that turn, they may decide to do that. And this deck is tanky, too. I mean, not only does Duraludon have 330 base HP, right, pretty much on the higher end for the VMAXs, but it also has big charms. It also has crystal caves in there to constantly heal provide some more hp so then mu v max or any other deck really can't one shot them and duraludon v as well playing the metal type the metal duraludon v has the ability of taking 30 less damage from attacks makes the v tanky as well because again those turbo mews you know they get all those energies out they put those fusion strike uh pills or whatever yeah the, i can't even remember what they're called power i know tablets. what they do they do 30 extra damage strike. for fusion strike pokemon they like power tablets or something power tablets yes that's yeah. the word i couldn't i knew it started with a p <laughs> but it allows you to slow the game down a ton in a lot of different matchups because again you're kind of single attaching except with raihan if a pokemon gets knocked out which I mean, happens. You're okay with that at the beginning of the game. You know, Turbo Mew taking out a Duraludon V. Well, you just bring another Duraludon V up. Or, you know, you bring the Zashian up and just whack with a bunch of damage. So, yeah. it's a really cool list. It's seen a couple of different iterations. I think people are still kind of deciding whether they like the Adventures, Adventures Discovery build. A lot of people say that the Adventures Discovery kind of makes the deck a little clunky, per se. Or it just feels not great right because the game is just so much slower than every other deck that we have in the format yeah i'm like i'm looking at this deck right here and i'm like the the weirdest thing about this deck and this is me not really playing a lot of pokemon re recently there's no ball search in the deck no quick balls no like there's, well, your adventures discovery well, yeah. really is the pokemon but, search and you've got also raihan in there um, to allow you to grab something like a VMAX, I, I guess, or whatever. But but like, that's the biggest thing is people like saying that they can't find their Duraludons so much, I, so much. But I mean, yeah, it makes sense why you can't find them. Your supporters are the only things that get you there. And what is it like? And Raihan only works after one of your Pokemon was knocked out. So early game, you have let's see, four, seven, nine cards in supporters that are completely dead in hand uh, uh well i guess avery draws you three but like that's not mm -hmm. great um might as well play hop so <laughs> like you've got nine cards that are not really going to help you research is not bad and Zacian is not bad but like this deck does seem a little susceptible to getting donked like say you don't have the duraludon to start you start with Zacian, you don't have another pokemon you don't have adventurous discovery you go um first or, or even second right and then you just whiff and that's it and your zacian is just getting booped and you lose um that's another reason why you play your pokey gear sean i love pokey gear 3.0 you play a play set of those so then maybe you can maybe. find it maybe I it gives you better <laughs> odds to find something like adventures discovery that's basically what it's for mm -hmm. it's like that and like raihan usually I will be interested to see how this build changes once we get Ultra Ball, because obviously Adventurous Discovery can get the VMAXs out as well, right? Because they are technically Pokemon Yes, v. they are V. Yeah. Uh, VMAXs and V Unions are considered Vs. Yeah, so it, it does double for that, which is nice, but I think once Ultra Ball comes back into standard, I would imagine the Adventurous Discoveries probably make way for... Um, a combo of quick ball, ultra ball or something. Um, Cause that, I wonder also if you play like metal saucers in this list as well, because at least your Duraludon V you're able to saucer onto it. And then also maybe a Zacian as well. And if you're playing mm -hmm. something like ultra ball, which allows you to discard the cards, it allows you to discard those metal energies without feeling so bad. 
Yeah, yeah. And then again, by the time that Ultra Ball comes out, we won't be too far off from something like Luminion V too. So mm -hmm. it's just like, you know, you could quick ball for Luminion, play that, go get your Raihan, you know, Ultra Ball for your Duraludon VMAX. All of a sudden you're going from one energy on board to all three. You know, I, I think this deck will is probably poised to get to get changed significantly um with upcoming sets but i i like it because like like you said rapid strike single strike decks like both of those play a lot of special energies fusion strike plays special energy um i mean heck even like i'm gonna look back at like the top decks that are here like jolteon vmax would play what speed lightning right yep um so unless you are playing against maybe something rogue like the other deck we're going to talk about um or maybe you could be playing against the um, Shadow Rider decks or Ice Rider, which may not play special energy, but those are so few and far between comparatively that, you know, this Duraludon effect all of a sudden seems to counter a lot of the top decks, and they may not even have enough special energy for a whole game to power through. Uh, Non-special energy, I should say. It's interesting as well, because at least in this tournament, in the Turtwig Den series, Duraludon had a 60% win rate against Mew Genesec. So 12 and 8 overall. And Duraludon as well was 11% of the meta. So second most to Mew VMAX, obviously 14 different players playing Duraludon. Three more than any other deck. Um, outside of Mew VMAX again, because that is the number one deck and the deck that if you want to win, you should probably just play that. But it's a very cool, it's a very cool list. I like it. I think it's relatively, it's cheaper than a lot of the other stuff. Yeah. Because we've had Zacians for a while. Duraludon is not super hard to get. I feel like it's no. uh, not a pull that a lot of people are happy about <laughs> in Evolving Skies because they all want the evolutions. <laughs> Well, yeah, evolutions or even like for the collectors, Rayquaza. So, Duraludon. Mm -hmm. But I will also say, Duraludon is a dragon Pokemon, which is cool. Like, for so long when we lost dragons, we were like, dragons, please. And so, it's nice to see a dragon Pokemon that has no weakness. So, like, that's also another thing to consider. Like, not only does it stop special energy, it's one of the few V Maxes that has no weakness. So, it's not like if anything wants to bop you for, you know, Oko damage that they're going to really have to struggle for that it's also interesting as well when you think about like against suicune mm -hmm. um another very good meta deck right now now in this tournament there was only one match of um duraludon versus suicune but you think about it the more bench pokemon the more suicune thrives and yeah. if you're constantly doing a little bit of healing and you only have like one duraludon on the bench or, you know, maybe one Duraludon VMAX and one Zacian, it's very yeah. hard for them to hit, even do like a two-hit KO. And you're also... Like even with a Ludicolo, they won't be able to knock you out. And you're also playing Avery, right? So your opponent might have mm -hmm. to discard their bench down. So it's it's a really interesting deck. It's a very It's a very cool deck, I think, that, you know what, you should try out at least. But, Sean, what's the other deck that you are curious about that you want to look at? So this other deck uh, is Inteleon. It was touted on Limitless as Inteleon Sable IV. Um, Sable IV is just... This, this deck won the tournament, by the way, for those of you out there. Um, mm -hmm. But Sableye is one of those decks that I just think to myself, Sableye especially, like that card feels like it should be better than what it typically represents in tournaments. The reason being the damage multiplier is crazy on this card so again for those of you who don't know um load search whatever you it, whatever C crazy clause is the the attack that matters and the reason that sable iv was not good for so long was because of the color requirement because it cost two dark energy and there wasn't enough good acceleration for sable iv for a long long time but now that's not the case so crazy clause does 10 plus 60 times each damage counter on the opponent's active. So if they have four damage counters, which is not hard to do, four damage counters, you're doing 240 plus 10, 250, plus the four damage counters that already are on there, that's 290 damage. So at that point, you are a slight 
um, what is Mu V Max? 310? You're two, mm-hmm. two damage. You're one quick shooting Inteleon away from taking out a Mu V Max and then following that up in the same term for all six prizes in one turn. Let me tell you, though, Sean, you actually one shot at that point, Amy UV Max. Well, because guess what? Mew is fair. Weak too. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> but the point coming then, I mean, 310, 320, like a lot of what these VMAXs are, 330, you know, again, that number gets you really close to finish it off with an Inteleon quick shooting, yeah. with a Hoopa Assault Gate, with a severe poison wheezing. You know, you're playing some bosses in this list and stuff. But this list, when I'm looking at it, actually originated from, I believe Ross Cawthon was the first person that I really saw playing this style of the Inteleon line as always, because you know, you just, we've talked about Inteleon so many times. It's almost the Inteleon podcast, but you go in with the Galarian Weezings, right? You have the Galarian Weezings. You've got a Hoopa. This list is really laying off the Hoopas a little bit, but Galarian Weezing will start there first. It is the stage one Pokemon. For those of you that don't know that if it's in the active, it shuts off abilities for your opponent. Um, except for neutralizing gas and then has the severe poison attack for one dark energy. Your opponent's active Pokemon is now poison, put four damage counters instead of one during the Pokemon checkup phase. And again, like Sean was saying, you know, four damage counters, you're doing 290 total damage counters on a Pokemon from a Sableye V attack. So Galarian Weezing is a very easy setup for that, all while stalling your opponent's abilities and making it hard for them to attack in the following turns and you know what you have these one prize pokemon in here attacking you've got the galarian wheezing you've got hoopa in there you maybe have tapu coco if you need to draw some cards as well and so mid to late game you can finish off these pokemon that you've done a little bit of damage to feeding them a couple prize cards with the galarian moltres so galarian moltres for those of you that don't know is one of the bird Pokemon that we got, I believe it was one of the pre-release promos mm-hmm. as well in Evolving Skies with the ability Malevolent Charge. I think I said that word correctly. <laughs> when you play this Pokemon from your hand onto your bench during your turn, attach two dark energies from your hand to this Pokemon. Now that ability is really cool. We've seen that time and time again with cards like Darkrai, Prism Star, and also the other birds have that the zapdos and the articuno but this one for the attack two dark energies in one colorless which is pretty much just always going to be a dark energy but it has the attack fiery wrath this attack does 50 damage for each prize card your opponent has taken 20 plus so 20 plus 50 damage for each prize card. They've taken three prize cards. Okay, you're doing 170 damage right then and there. That KOs a Mew VMAX, Sean. Yeah, yeah, with the weakness. Um, I, I want to read the Galarian Weezing real quick. Uh, okay, yeah. So Galarian Weezing, what, what makes this particularly nasty is, yeah, I was like, <clears throat> so many of your Pokemon have abilities, but Galarian Weezing only shuts off your opponent's Pokemon, <laughs> which is just disgusting too, so... Yeah, and again, you know, you're you're starting your game early by just using the wheezing, maybe chaining a wheezing or two to try mm-hmm. to just build up some damage. Maybe using Hoopa as well, because Hoopa with that assault gate, we've known about that Pokemon for a long time. Goes from bench to active during the term, does ninety damage. Boom, and again building up that damage. And again, you can feed them other prize cards. So let's say you attack a VMAX with a Hoopa, right? That's 90 damage. Crazy Claw is going to clean that up. So you can use things like Raihan and stuff to be able to get it to attack on that same turn. You've got your uh, pivot Pokemon in Tapu Koko with that Allure attack. Mm-hmm. And then also there's another cool thing about this deck, Sean, that I want to talk about real quick, especially yes. when you're talking about comboing with the Moltres you can use Clara. So whether that is with the Hoopa or the Moltres or Weezings, Clara is a really, really cool card in my opinion. If you don't know what Clara is, it's a supporter Pokemon, or I'm sorry, a supporter Pokemon card. (laughs) 
supporter. I'm getting my words mixed up. I'm talking way too fast. From Chilling Rain that allows you to choose one or both. It's almost like Ordinary Rod. You can either put up to two Pokemon from your discard pile into your hand or put two basic energy cards, up to two basic energy cards from your discard pile into your hand. Or you could do both. And so it's really, really cool with cards like Moltres. You can even discard those Moltres early in the game, right? Maybe you open your hand with yeah. Moltres, three dark energy, and uh, uh, a research. You can research those cards away without feeling bad about it because you can Clara those back. And especially if you also maybe want to chain Hoopas, this list is specifically only playing one Hoopa, mm -hmm. but you can constantly get that Hoopa back out and do that 90 damage if that's what you want to do especially with clara so really really cool list it has a really really good matchup against mu v max because you're constantly hitting for weakness you have so many ways of hitting for <laughs> weakness and the rest of the meta it doesn't do that bad to be honest i'm not going to sit here and say that oh this is the bdif this is the meta counter etc etc but at least when you're talking about your Mew VMAX matchup, it's it does pretty well, I would say. I mean, this deck specifically was 4-0 against Mew VMAX <laughs> in this tournament. And although it's a very, very small sample size, it's still pretty interesting, Sean. Yeah, the one deck that I was like, how does it fare was Jolteon, right? With all the spread damage, it definitely makes me think to myself, like, okay, well, if they're knocking out all of your bench Inteleons and stuff and they can get that prize trade up on you. But I think what makes this deck particularly good is um, the fact that all every Pokemon except for the Weezing and Inteleon line, really, they can all come from not being in your hand at all with no energy, not on board, to being fully powered up and ready to attack in one turn. Um, and the Weezing doesn't even take that much in terms of resources, right? So... You're going to bench your Sobbles. You're going to go into the Drizzile engine in Teleon. That's just, that's just how you got to play that. The Weezing, if you can get it turn one going first, you know, you hopefully you're in a really good spot then because you Evo, you stall for a little bit. But everything after that, you throw it down, attach an energy, use either a supporter or some effect, or maybe it only costs one energy, and boom, out of nowhere, you're doing tons of damage. So you almost, and especially with the Sableyes, it's your, it's your finisher, right? you can set yourself up to take those five, six prizes in one turn. Um, maybe you are wheezing a few things. Maybe you play a Hoopa, a Moltres at some point early in the game. Get an opponent's Pokemon to just a couple of damage counters away from KO. Put some damage on another VMAX on the bench. And then in one turn, you stable IV, pop that one that had a couple of damage counters on it. But before you do that, you quick shooting something else. Boom, all six prizes. You're ready to rock and roll. And um, I really like decks like this because not only does it prioritize sort of like skill and, and future planning, uh, it also it, it prioritizes things like holding your resources for the right turn. Like it, just a lot of um, I think it's a very skill intensive deck because I think it requires you to really understand the situation mm -hmm. that you're in, not just the matchup. I think it's also super rewarding. And you know what, Sean? This deck can even go second. Yeah. Got evolution Pokemon. But think about it. That coughing over there has the Ascension attack. Yeah. Attach that dark energy. You can immediately go into Galarian Weezing in your first turn of the game. And so your opponent's second turn is pretty much stalled, especially when you're against something like Mew VMAX. Yeah. Can you imagine like... You're, you're Mew VMAX. You're going first. You're like, okay, we got two Genesects down. Um, maybe I didn't draw that much because I couldn't discard enough in my hand, but we're good. You can't use a supporter. Right. And so, like, we're, we're chilling, though. Next turn, we're just going to pop off, slap down coughing, Ascension. And you're sitting here with a full hand. No way to get rid of these cards. You can't – you might have a supporter in there, but you can't use your Genesects now. And you're all of a sudden like, well, crap. <laughs> The game, again, which is something that I like, whether that's Duraludon, Malamar even, or this Galarian wheezing sort of uh, dark box deck, is just it slows down the game. That's what I love about it. That's why I like playing these decks right now. And 
honestly, like Mu VMAX again, like we mentioned, this specific tournament, 26% of the meta share. It is over a fourth of players playing it. And that's just from this tournament, you know. If you're going to something like uh like a big season finale yeah. tournament, you know, uh maybe it's like Azul's kind of like invitational with the sub tournaments, you know, that final one. Or maybe you want to win one of the qualifiers or whatever to get an X amount of points. You're probably gonna play Mu VMAX, or a majority of players are gonna play Mu VMAX because in my opinion, if you want to win a tournament. There's no reason to play anything else other than view Mew VMAX if you can afford to have like every single card <laughs> yeah. and play sets of everything and stuff. But if you want to counter Mew VMAX in an event, Duraludon, this deck, couple good choices in our opinions. Yeah. So, Jake. Also, it's like less than $10 IRL to build Malamar, I just want to say. <laughs> just another option for you out there. <laughs> It's like my favorite deck to play right now because I literally get to shuffle every single turn, and I'm a I'm a big fan of shuffling. <laughs> oh my! Um, well, Jake, before we go for the day, I just wanted to do a quick shout out and um, you know highlight. If if you follow the Pokey Twitters, you probably have already seen this uh, floating around. But if for some reason you haven't um, and you want to you know learn from one of the greatest, if you will. Uh, Stefan Ivanov uh, published an article on Channel Fireball talking about luck, randomness, you know, skill, all of that sort of in one, you know, long, very long article. Uh, but, you know, I, I don't want to, like, just go over everything he talks about. I, I think it's good to read the full article because it's very nuanced. Uh, but in a nutshell, he basically talks about how, like, look, luck is certainly always a part of these card games because they are not, you know, you never have perfect knowledge in these card games. It's not like chess, but that, you know, his opinion is that saying that, you know, luck is the reason that you're losing games. The majority of those games is maybe a disservice to yourself as a player because, you know, while maybe you got unlucky, there maybe could have been plays you made earlier that wouldn't have put you in that position to begin with or you know it, it might blind you to certain lines of play but um jake what did, did you have a chance to read through this article i did read a little bit through this article and again this article is completely free a lot of articles yeah. that you know you may talk about are like behind paywalls and stuff this was a specific free holiday article kind of like merry christmas i believe this came out like on christmas yeah. or something like that it's on channel fireball's website so shout out to them for providing this excellent excellent free article and it talks about again like it talks about probability and there's a lot of examples in here mm -hmm. i noticed like there's examples from like michael Pramwad at certain events there's from like city championships there's other instances and what it all comes down to essentially in my opinion what i got from this is that the best players acknowledge that there's luck, right? Because it is a card game, right? There is yeah. a luck-based factor. But with acknowledging that, they understand the luck because the luck provides guidance to, like, rational decisions. Like, you're sequencing how you do certain actions, you know? If you know that you have a 63% chance of getting something you know in a turn whether that's flipping two out of four heads on a coin flip or something like that or top decking an energy or something like that you're going to play your turn differently based mm -hmm. on that probability right and it's i like to think of what azul says a lot you know he says there's always one correct line of play you know, there's not multiple ways to get there. There is only one ideal way of doing it. And the best players factor in that probability, factor in that RNG, if you will, mm -hmm. to provide the best outcomes. And you know what? If they don't hit what they need or something like that, they learn from it as well. A lot of people will just say, oh, man, I just had bad luck. You know, I, I had a crap hand off the Marnie and that's how I lost the game. Well, 
Is there anything that you could have done prior to the Marnie, you know, done an extra quick ball or something, or maybe not used a quick ball or an yeah. evolution incense last turn, or maybe you shouldn't have chained Driz Isles. You shouldn't have drizzled for level ball to get drizzled for level ball. Uh, yeah. You know, that, well, like that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, that's a really interesting point because then you're taking all of the things that you put in your deck that are consistency oriented that like mm -hmm. if you don't need some of these cards, there is that thought of like, yeah, sometimes it feels nice to like go, you know, drizzle, go burr. But, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, we've all been there. I've done that. But yeah, if you do that and you all like you basically put all the resources in your deck into your discard... And then you get Marnie that's like, well, what's left in your deck to help you, my man? You done used it all. Exactly. I mean, there are, let me let yeah. me just say, there are few situations where you do actually yes. want to train yes. chain Drizzles, but there are very few and far in between. Like, most people will just be like, okay, the card on PTCGO is lit up as green. I got to play it. You know, yeah. and that's not always the case. You don't always have to play the card just because you can, you know, again, mapping out your route to victory mapping out your prize trade thinking about what you need to do next turn what you can do next turn that all plays a factor to minimize luck because the best players in my personal opinion minimize the luck and they know how to do that they know how to minimize the rng to their favor and if you also want like supplementary knowledge one of the channels that I recommend is uh, Stefan's Classroom. Stefan's Classroom. Ah, uh, yes, Hopefully yes. I pronounced their first yeah. name right. Yeah, Steph. Over Stephon. on Stephon's YouTube, classroom. they do a lot of like statistics videos. I believe they're like a math professor. Um, uh, I should know that it's Stefan Erickson, though, right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. He uh, he is a professor of sorts. I don't know mm -hmm. if he what exactly he is a professor of, but yes. But they do a lot of Pokemath stuff. So, like, for instance, picking prize cards with Peonia. And there's a lot of other things as well in terms of how to create different variables. Um, I'm blanking on a couple other things. <laughs> um, but there's just a lot of good talk about, like, statistics and different um, data things that can help you out with trying to play a lot better and understanding the numbers of like rng probability luck all that stuff in my opinion yes yeah i think that like the biggest takeaway is like look the game does have an element of randomness and yes that means there's an element of luck you can get wildly unlucky and and stefan acknowledges this in if you go to a big tournament and you know your deck it's really good against most of the meta, but maybe it has a bad matchup against this one deck. Maybe you get unlucky and you get paired against that deck twice if it's not like a huge metasphere normally. And you're like, yeah, that was a little, that's something that you cannot account for. You thought you picked mm -hmm. the right deck. But at the same time, when you're in a game, when you have some control, yeah, the best players, the reason that they're always at the top tables, I, you know, honestly, is that they make plays in games that minimize they that minimize the effects of randomness really that's what they're going for ultimately which is why Tord, and he mentions this which is why Tord does so well Tord builds his deck to be like peak consistency and says like i want you know if I, he he's like i trust my skill i don't want anything other than my skill if possible to decide the outcome of this game so i mean and yeah it's just it's an interesting article. It's very, very intriguing. If you've got time, especially during this holiday season, a lot of people probably have work off right now, or maybe they're going back here in a couple of days. It's a very, very good read. It's very, very cool. And again, it's free on Channel Fireball, so feel free to jump into it if you want. But uh, Sean, is there anything else you want to talk about today? Uh, well, I, nothing else I want to talk about. We don't have a future site. Uh, you know, we have, I will say I'll, I'll start, I'll have a little future site here and it's not a, it's not a happy one with all the COVID okay. stuff. There have been some people wondering, you know, will regionals maybe get canceled now? I, I am optimistic. I'm actually going to say I'm optimistic that they are not going to get canceled. The reason being is because the last two years we have seen a surge in COVID cases over the holidays and it typically, you know, goes back down. Now there may be from the Pokemon company 
a change in like requiring negative tests. Mm-hmm. So it wouldn't surprise me if they talk to the, you know, people running the events and be like, Hey, like how much would it cost for you to have a testing facility as part of the regional and all that stuff. So that may be what they shift towards, but I'm going to be optimistic and say, we are not going to see canceled regionals unless I am wrong about the typical curve and, and how it usually goes. I totally agree with you in that like the holidays, you know, just with cold weather and everybody traveling, like obviously there's a surge, but um, with like Omicron, like I, yeah. I don't want to be pessimistic, but yeah. like I don't, I don't trust humanity. Like I live in Indiana <laughs> and that's all you need to know about how much I trust people. <laughs> so like, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful though. I really hope that I'm able to go to some events. Um, but you know what? Again, safety top priority. Yeah. I'll just stick to locals right now once a week or something like that. And I mean, I still wear my mask and I still don't cut people's decks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that would be my advice for the new year. If you're going to make a resolution, it's to not touch other people's decks. That yeah. would be, you know, that's a good resolution. What is your new year's resolution? Shoot. I don't know. I haven't thought about it. <laughs> we'll think, we'll, we'll, we'll think talk about, about it for our next new year's week. resolutions next yeah. week. Um, the next pod. Cause that was a spontaneous, like, Oh, put you on the spot for that. Yeah. Yeah. But that'll be a good pod. Uh, 2022. What are Jake and Sean's plans? All right. But if you've got plans, I hope that you are able to have a lot of fun with them during this holiday season. Or if you don't celebrate, you know, Christmas and New Year's and stuff, I hope you just have a fantastic week from us to the Metapod to you. We hope you have a great finish to 2021 and hopefully you top deck the stones January 1st of 2022. See you later.